Got car trouble. Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-cranking, piston-clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, riding with me, my buddy, my shotgun, Mr. Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing for all of your towing needs. Jimbo, you ready to go? Good morning, Jerry. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up and getting ready for round two. Did you get your coffee cup? I haven't heard your spill about the Super Safe Saturday yet. Oh, well. I'll, I'll I'll do it again. <laughs> uh, I usually do it the first hour, but we'll, 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 we'll repeat it in case you're just catching up here with us this morning. Everybody get their coffee up and get their their, eye, their eyes opened up and stretched out. And uh, it's super safe Saturday when I'm on the radio. That means slow down, move over, drive safe, be safe, act safe. Don't uh, you know if you if you think you're in a hurry, pull over and take five more seconds because there's no no hurry. There's, I can tell you for a fact, folks, there, a crash will certainly slow your day and will change whatever plans you had lined up, will certainly alter them. And any crash that you think is, is a good crash is never a good crash. I don't care if you, even if you're not in it. Somebody, for example, somebody's in a hurry and they're in a crash, it's going to affect you because it's going to slow you down. You're going to have to go around it. You're going to get stuck in it. So... Just because you're driving safe, the other guy needs to, too, because we don't want him to crash and screw up your time schedule. Because then you just get upset. Then your car breaks down because you're upset and you're beating on the the steering wheel. So we don't want that either. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, the, the first hour we covered the 10 most common vehicle repairs, and we've been covering some of the... Uh, stuff that you really need to pay attention to because when it quits, you're going to have to have assistance in getting off the freeway or getting off the road or getting to a shop. And all that's just extra money that, and most of it can be prevented. Now, when I look at Jim and, uh, Jim tows everything, the Frontier Towing, they tow everything. They just moved a 19, 1846 manure spreader that I've had forever and I had brought over to my place. So they do haul everything. <laughs> I bought that manure spreader because I was I was a little peeved at uh, the county and I was going to put it in a rodeo parade and call it city government and they didn't think that was a good idea. So it, <laughs> I still have it. 
imagine but, that. I so can't believe they would creative. be upset about that, Jerry. <laughs> I can't either. I just don't understand that. Right. Um, but the main thing on the first hour is preventive maintenance. Uh, a little bit, all the time, uh, and listen to your car. Yeah, you can turn Simmons' car care off if you're driving down the road listening to me, and you can turn it off and listen for a minute of the car just to see what it's doing, and it'll give you an idea. If it's nice and quiet, then you're in good shape. Tap your brakes to see if it's squeaking or anything, and but you have to turn the radio off. And this old deal, well, you hear this noise, just turn the radio up. It works. <laughs> it don't cure the noise. It just over, It just outdoes the noise. There's more noise inside, and therefore you don't hear it on the outside. So, or you just don't hear it. But don't be, uh, don't don't get tied up in that too much. You just need to pay attention to your vehicle. And please don't text and drive. I, I'm getting so tired of getting almost run over every time I go out. And if you can't see a three-quarter ton Dodge 4 before crew cab, uh, I mean, if, if you've got to look for them, it's just like motorcycles. That's another thing, too, on the motorcycles. Now, we've covered this, but I'm seeing more and more motorcycles out because of the fuel prices. People are getting, oh, yeah, well, I've always wanted one. I'll just drive it. Well, you get more and more of those out there, but they're also very hard to see. Because they're little and they move, they change lanes quick. I mean, they just, they just hear, hear, now you see me, now you don't, now you don't, now you do, because I'm right in front of you or right beside you or right in your lane with you. So be, be a little more cautious about driving with that. And then bicycles out on the road. Um, you know, if you're, uh, Tucson, Arizona is one of the number one premier places now to go biking. Well, biking comes with it, and then you'll run into these little crowds of people riding bicycles. There'll be 20 or 30 of them, and you'll have a, a bike lane on the right-hand side, and they say you're supposed to give them five foot. Well, when they're riding the bikes on the right-hand side, and they're five wide, and they're already taking up half of your lane that you're supposed to stay in, and you've got a vehicle coming down that you're meeting in the other lane, it gets to be a little problem. So need a little more considerations for the bikers, need a little more considerations for the drivers. I don't know about you, but if I'm riding a bike, it weighs eight pounds, and I'm approaching a 8,000-pound vehicle, I'm going to really be paying attention. Because, one, if, it's, uh, if, if you're riding down these roads and if the people are coming by at uh, 50 miles an hour, some people just don't. They, they don't have the respect to understand that the people are riding a bicycle and they're riding it and are probably doing the best they can do with it. You know, they can't see a lane. Uh, they can't see in front of them because they've got their head pointing down to the road to see where the front tire's landing. So just be safe. Pay attention. Be a full-time driver, not a part-time driver. And bikers, be a full-time biker and not a part-time biker. And it sure would make things a lot easier because you do not want to mix a bicycle with a one-ton or three-quarter ton or a 3,100-pound car because normally the biker loses, and nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to take anybody out. And so just don't, don't 
put yourself in that position where at the last second you think, oh, crap, and you've got to swing out. I know from having buddies that ride bikes all the time that the biggest thing is is the front. The reason they look down at the ground, <laughs> uh, they're trying to see where the front tire's got to go because a crack in a road, if you have a two-inch crack in a road that's running the same direction as the bicycle is and you've got a three-quarter-inch ground surface or a half-inch ground surface on a tire on the front end of these speed bikes, uh, when it goes in that crack, you've got a problem. And I know a lady that spent a lot of money in a hospital because of that. Went across South Houghton Road across the overpass and hit a rut and it stopped the bike. And if it hadn't been for the guardrail on top of the bridge, she'd have been out in the middle of I-10. So heads up. All right. Now, open lines. And before I get started again, I've got two more tickets for Tucson Speedway. they got a good show, by the way. Gates open at uh, 5, uh, racing starts at 6.30, 7 o'clock, somewhere around there. But uh, for callers 1 and 2, 719-1490, 719-1490. I put a lot of stuff out. Me and Jim put a lot of stuff out the last hour about preventive maintenance and the things that you should be looking at and the things you should reconsider, everything from if you, uh, the only thing I haven't put out, if you're switching to synthetic oil in a vehicle, if you get as much as 30,000 miles off of a paraffin based oil in one of these older vehicles, and it's brand, or a, a, it's a, a new engine, let's just take a new engine. If you've got a new engine and you put it in your car and you say, okay, I want it synthetic, don't put synthetic in it when you first put the engine in it. It needs about 1,500 miles for the rings to set inside of the pistons and inside the cylinders because the synthetic is so slick it won't allow the rings to set. So what you want to do is make sure you run it up, break it in, and about 1,500 miles, then you can switch to synthetic uh-oh. Then then you can switch to synthetic with All right. Jim, go ahead and pick us up. For some reason I got a interruption. You got Probably somebody Why, trying to sell me something I... else. Oh, well, it's okay. Are we okay now? Yeah, so the All right, we're all right. I'm, I can hear you just perfect. You you're good? You're better now? Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I'm better now. I cleared it. Um, uh, that so car warranty is just expired, Jerry. You are no longer your your car is out of warranty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a car that I got rid of ten years ago. Um, on the you're, you're, uh, yeah, synthetic your nineteen your you nineteen seventy three Pinto is out of warranty, Jerry. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's sad because I used to have a lot of fun in that little Pinto. That's the only one I've seen that you could push it with one foot out the door and roll it and start it with a clutch. Um, but the synthetic oil, if you're going to use synthetic oil in a new motor, it can't be done until after 1,500 miles. And then you can switch it. And when you switch to synthetic at 1,500 miles, you do not have to use an engine flush. If you take it out to 30,000 miles and you want to switch it over to full synthetic, <coughs> Use the engine flush. 
And when you switch it over, watch the mileage for the first thousand miles. And then at the first thousand miles, if you're down a quart and you're using full synthetic, don't panic. Don't do a thing in this world, but top it off with a quart of full synthetic oil like you're running in your engine and then check it in another thousand miles because the synthetic fluid will clean everything out once it goes in behind a, a uh, paraffin base. And it will, after a, a thousand miles, it'll have everything done on that first, after you flush your engine first and you put the synthetic in, thousand miles is going to be the telltale. And if it uses a quarter oil, put another quarter oil in it, then recheck it in the next thousand miles. I've never seen anybody that had to add another quart at a thousand miles on it, on a full synthetic switchover, if you follow the bouncing ball. And it depends, again, <coughs> on how many miles you've got on this vehicle and how religious you have been in changing your paraffin-based oil, and then you switch it over. Now there's a lot of uh there's a lot of scuttlebutt out there about uh engine oil for older cars. It's got a little bit of additive in for uh synthetic. It's a synthetic blend. All that is is additional cleaning in there. Um and you're running in an older car and you it it won't clean out all the garbage in there. But nobody's been able to tell me how much synthetics in that quart of oil that you're paying this high price for. So if you're going to go full synthetic, go ahead and go full synthetic. But you've got to flush the engine, and you need to pay attention to the oil consumption after you flush the engine because that synthetic will finish flushing the engine that the engine flush didn't get out of it. That's when you check it in a 1,000 miles and see what your oil consumption is. And um, you you did that, you should be okay. And if you've got a big oil leak on the engine and you pour synthetic in it, synthetic is thinner, and it was it's a lot slicker. It has uh, seal enhancers in it, but if the seals are already worn out, cracked, and broken, it's not going to fix it. It's you're just going to be pumping this high dollar synthetic out instead of the lower priced, uh, which is no longer cheap oil that you have the paraffin-based oil, and uh, but if you do, a, and I'll say this after saying that, used to the oil didn't have what it has in today's vehicle, what the manufacturers have, uh, what they, they have really come a long way in the what little bit of paraffin they have. They're not heavy in paraffin anymore like uh, the old oils used to be. And paraffin, by the way, is wax. And so you can run... If you change your, if you're running out, let's give a, if you go down to Merle's and you pick up a, a Havilland oil, a Vaveline oil, and you change that oil in that car at the required, using a severe duty, at the required change intervals, and you do it all the time, you're good. I mean, I, I, I can't really recommend you going to full synthetic. It's a little slicker. It will give you fuel economy. Maybe. Depends on driving habits. Driving habits is the number one killer of fuel economy. I don't care if you're driving a 2022 or a 2002 or 1902. Driving habits is what kills fuel economy. That's the bottom line. Brian Fuller had it years ago. He coined a phrase, says, 
All in favor of fuel economy, raise your right foot. That is dead on. That is absolutely true. So that's that's your fuel-saving advice today along with your maintenance stuff that goes with it. So just pay attention. And if you're questioning or you don't, if you have a question about full synthetics or what it's supposed to do and what it does do, and uh, I've been running it since 1980, and I've switched everything I have to full synthetic. I can, I, I did it on engines that you wouldn't pour synthetic in it without flushing it. And I can tell you how long it'll last. I can tell you what the oil consumption is going to be, which it, and it doesn't smoke. It just, it just finished, cleans out the rest of the debris. And, um, so I've got any, I can pretty much answer anything on synthetics. 719-1490. Don't forget, I have those two tickets sitting out there for Tucson Speedway tonight. Callers one and two, they're family four packs. You get one ticket, you can get four people in. So you're good to go. Good race. All right. Jim, I have about 25 other things we can cover. What would you like to say on the oil changes since you are a business owner and oil is super critical? And sometimes I think that people don't quite understand what we're talking about and how critical oil is to the engines. Uh, oil is super critical. Your turn. Well, one, one note on the, on the synthetic. Um, I get this question sometimes. Uh, well, I can put synthetic in, and I just got a rebuilt motor, and I'm going to put synthetic in from the get-go because that's what the OEM does. Just remember that the OEMs, before they put a car, a motor in there, a brand-new car, have very specific break-in procedures. The car, it's not like they turn the car on and run it to break it in 500 miles. They actually do it all that's right. in the manufacturing process. So before, just because it, your car comes brand new, your 2022 comes out with synthetic oil in it, doesn't mean that they didn't prep it long before it ever hit the car. So people forget that, thinking that you can just go ahead and put it in when Jerry's perfect, is exactly right. You need to let those you let the motor wear in. It's a machine component, and the machining parts you actually need to wear together to get the proper fitment. And it takes it takes a little time. It takes five hundred, a thousand miles, and you get that once you get that, all that wear in. And I, mean, I hate to say it, but it actually has to wear in, and actually start to where all the parts fit together correctly. They actually get to all seated right. properly, and everything sits right. So um, you want to make sure you unless unless the unless your engine rebuilder said specifically you can put synthetic in from the get go, yeah, don't um, because the OEMs have got a very it's very specific very very analytical on how they how they do their break-ins and that's the guy who's supplying the motor to ford or general motors or dodge or honda or toyota they that's all done long before they ever get it so just remember that one little thing so if you're thinking oh well i know better the guys that build cars for a living i really actually know quite a bit I know we think they're stupid sometimes, but like this is really stupid idea. Well, but they did it for a reason. So, um, but as far as changing oil, changing changing oil in in vehicles, um, if if you if we if we stick with uh, just regular quote unquote dinosaur oil, you know, 
regular regular oil, um, not synthetic oil. We'll stick with that for the for the start. Um, it where it gets dirty, it breaks down, viscosity goes away. It it um, it's it's lubricating properties diminish over time. And even though I know the little thing on your dashboard says, oh, you got this much life left, and it calculates that based on idle times and and acceleration and driving miles and fuel consumption and temperature. Really pretty interesting way they calculate it. But still, Jerry would tell you, like I would tell you, yeah, you get the, like, 40% change off. Because this, it may be expensive, but, again, it's not as expensive as putting a motor in. So as that oil breaks down, especially with new cars with turbochargers, turbochargers are incredibly sensitive to oil, clean oil. Dirty oil just just galls the bearings on a turbocharger like no like nobody's business. That thing's running at 60, 50, 60,000 RPMs under load. It's running at it's running at you know eight or nine hundred degrees. Um, they they are under incredible stress and low oil pressure or no oil pressure or dirty oil will just just annihilate a turbocharger. Now on a big truck, they're right. about four thousand uh, bucks. If... Go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. Well, I've just oh, uh, I just I, found I... out that the call-in line uh, uh, at three one nine fourteen ninety is not accepting calls. It doesn't seven one nine fourteen ninety. We do have a phone glitch there, and this phone call that kept rolling in. The one I just was not for uh, to buy a, a car warranty was actually to tell me that the phone lines weren't working. So good luck with that. And for the people that want these tickets out here, you call me direct or send me a text message uh, after the show, 400-1809, um, 400-1809, and just text me your name. And I'll make sure you get those tickets up. We've got four tickets, and you just call me on or send me a text, 400-1809-520, and I'll make sure that you get the tickets out there tonight. So, all right, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Oh, no, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you're able to chime in on that. That's uh, I was very concerned that your car warranty was expired, Jerry. That's, I, was, I didn't know what to do. I thought yeah, about getting, I was too. giving you a GoFundMe account. Get you a GoFundMe account to get that warranty well, I had to get, re, uh, renewed. I had to get you. I had to get you talking so I could go try to find out why that same number kept coming up. So, and that's good. Well, no problem. That, uh, ESPN knows that. Maybe they can get after it and find out what's going on. So don't quit. Don't stop. Not trying seven one nine fourteen ninety. Maybe it'll. It's a temporary fix, and they can get it. So, but aren't you on seven one nine fourteen ninety, Jim? I am. I dialed it. Maybe maybe I'm the only one that can yeah. call in. I've got so, the phone line hogged up. I'm sorry, guys. Y- yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, I don't think so. We well, call they call can, in, guys. They uh, can we, figure someone it out. Who was now, calling but, in was having some issues. It seemed we couldn't get their voice on the other line, so I'm not sure what was going on there. But the phone line is up. The phone line is phone up. Line is up and rolling. All right, good. All right, so the people want these tickets, go ahead and call. I've already got Jim off of there, and I've got his ticket set, so I know he's going to get one. 
And so y'all can take the one off of the four tickets we have available and the rest of them, put them on, get, get, them, get them done. It's going to be a nice race. It's a good value pack. The value pack is about $65 a ticket. Okay, so they're well worth it wow. to, for the phone call if you're, you're a race car fan. But anyway. All right, Jim, let's go on. Uh, I, I missed most of your uh, spray about the uh, synthetic and the stuff. I think you were talking about synthetics on your diesel. Do you run synthetic? We do. We do. We run synthetic on the diesels. Okay. Um, you get about, right. you can get, um, I actually use the AMSOIL. It's, it's good stuff. It's, Best on the market. It's a, it's a good pro. It's a, yeah, it's a good product. I like it. I've used others. I mean, and some of the stuff we run regular, regular oil, stuff that doesn't require, um, right. you know, ex- extended runs, but um, the AMSOIL is good. I mean, so the the question you want to ask yourself is you know cost to maintenance for us we we run the synthetic because we can get extended life so we can and we have a lot less downtime issues with engine issues and like I was saying about the turbochargers um, to the the turbochargers run on our trucks are they're they're you're talking fifty sixty thousand rpms they run at nine hundred degrees. It's, and our trucks actually have like a lot of big trucks that have pyrometers, so you can actually see what the exhaust temperature is just looking at the dashboard. Has a, you know, so it'll tell you yep. right off the bat. And that thing gets up to 1,100 degrees, you know it is on fire out there. And when you're climbing a hill with a big load, that's the way it works. And now on a little car, they're the same way. They, yep. you rev that thing up, you know, yes, they 4, are. Thousand, five thousand RPMs. It's they can get up and quick. It's getting hot. They'll run about. Yeah, the the smaller cars and the smaller trucks are turbocharged. Uh, the the EGTs can get on there. You know, around nine hundred to about ten twenty five is not that bad. But when you get up around thirteen hundred, you're getting ready to melt something, and that's the reason that uh, when you see you're towing with one and you don't have the parameter on it to tell you what the EGTs are. And you're pulling up the mountain, and all of a sudden you look at your gauge, and your temperature gauge on the engine goes up. Just remember, that turbocharge is hooked to the engine. If you're running hot on the engine, that turbocharge is screaming. It is absolutely up there. It, it, the temperature is unreal. That's the reason you see motorhomes and, and vehicles pulled over on the side of the road to let everything kind of cool down because your transmission fluid's hot, your EGT's are way up there, and you're just trying to prevent this thing from crapping out on the side of the road. So, you know, just remember that your gauges are there for a reason. And when it, you see, if you're driving a Ford diesel and that temperature gauge goes to the right-hand side, normally they very seldom ever move. In fact, I begin to wonder if they ever moved until it happened to me. But, yeah, when, when, that, when it gets to the hot side, you are in trouble. And don't just think it's the engine. It's a transmission. It's everything that depends on the coolant of the engine is in trouble. And so that's the reason it's okay to pull over on the side of the road at a, at a safe place and let that thing cool down. And then when you fire it back up, it'll start working like it's supposed to again because I've had transmission fluid actually run out of the drain plug when the drain plug was tight because the transmission was too hot. I have had it happen, I've seen it happen. 
So just just remember that when you're out there running your vacation and you're pulling these big mountains and stuff like that. Synthetic does have an advantage over the paraffin-based oil. It runs 15 degrees cooler in the crankcase. Engine, full synthetic, AMSOIL, AMSOIL transmission in a motorhome with a 454 in it going to Colorado. He used to throw out all the fluid going up one of those big mountains going to uh, Colorado. And he said, he asked me, this was years ago, says, what do you recommend? I said, the only thing I know is I do know that ATF, AMSOIL ATF, full synthetic, runs a lot cooler than the other stuff, up to 65 degrees cooler in the transmission. And he said, well, let's try it. So we put, changed his fluid over in a turbo 400 that he had behind the um, 454. He went to Colorado in his motorhome. He called me from Colorado, said I had zero loss of fluids and it run perfect. And, but the full synthetic in the transmission, Amsoil synthetic, I say, because that's the only one I've tested for that. It does run cooler. It advertised it runs 60 to 65 degrees cooler in a motorhome on a dead pull. The crankcase in the engine is 15 degrees cooler. There's where I found that the full synthetic is very critical to me. And like Jim, Jim runs Amsoil in his. I know why he runs Amsoil in it. It's still the number one out there. It is expensive. It costs more than the others. And, but it also performs. I have a full synthetic in my diesel and it's not Amsoil because when I had it changed out, I changed it. Well, I don't use it as much as I used to. And so I had, well, synthetic. I'll put synthetic in it and see what it does. And I noticed that I have a little more engine noise in my engine versus the Amsoil full synthetic. And it's a it's a it's a quality brand that I have in there, but I've noticed that difference between that. And when you drive a diesel engine, yeah, they make a lot of racket, but it's just like anything else. You get used to the noise that you're having. That's the reason you turn the radio off, and you listen to it, and you'll notice the difference. Now I can take this thing in. I'm on. In fact, I think I'm just going to order a bunch of Amsoil, and I'm going to take it in and uh, have it changed out again, I'm, I'm going back to the Amsoil full synthetic because I like the way it sounds. I like the way it performs, and, yes, I'll bite the bullet and pay the price, but it's worth it. Okay, Jim, go ahead. Well, and, and with the synthetic, what one of the things about, like you said, the, when, you're, when, that, when you're EGT, your exhaust gas temperature gets up to 1,200 degrees, things are going to start to melt. And one thing about the the yeah, they are. synthetic, the synthetic is it the thermal breakdown doesn't occur with with paraffin based oils. You start to get a, a breakdown of the thermal protections, and now you're running metal on metal. So it's only just a matter of time. And that's one of the reasons why we use it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we have lots mm-hmm. of trucks with with different size motors from little little Cummins Dodge motors, you know. Um, Cummins, big cat motors, you know, and you you will find that it's you know you can save, you know I get it it's it's more expensive but you know when you're spending four thousand dollars plus for a turbocharger just for the part and that's assuming that you have a good core 
because the core is twenty five hundred dollars. Right. And if your if your core is bad, which means like the shaft is broke or the you know it, it, or so galled that they can't re reuse it, uh, or the housing's junk, um, you, you know now you're sixty five hundred dollars for the part. Well, sixty five hundred dollars is a lot of mm-hmm. money to throw it to throw at something because we couldn't change the dang oil. So that that's one of the reasons right. why you just have to you have to you know try to mitigate your costs as much as possible. And we do it so that we can keep our costs in line so that when we're providing a service, we're competitively priced and and able to provide a quality service cuz I know you don't have I know everybody out there that has their vehicle so it does not have an endless amount of money. Just like us. So we don't have an endless amount of money. Right. Just like Jerry doesn't have an endless amount of money. So we have to do everything we can to make sure that we can provide a service at a at a fair price so that so that our customers are taken care of, and that's just that's basically mm-hmm. the simple thing that happens. That's, that's how you got to. That's how business works. So, um, but yeah, right. those, um, if you're if you're pulling a heavy load with a with a with a truck and it's going up the hill and your and your exhaust temperatures are, are screaming, you know, back out of it, drop down a gear, reduce the load. It'll it's okay if you if you only go forty miles an hour up the hill instead of seventy. Um, you know, it, it, yeah. save yourself, save yourself some headache. It's, it's, a, you'll see, you'll see a great reduction in, in your, in your coolant temperature and your exhaust temperature. And by the way, when your exhaust temperature, when your exhaust gas temperature is at, at 12, 1300 degrees, your air inlet temperature is also screaming high because, well, that 1300 degrees doesn't just stay Next to the exhaust side, it also heats up the inlet side of your turbo. So now your now your inlet temperature goes up, and it's so now your inlet temperature goes up, so your combustion temperature goes up, so your exhaust temperature goes up. And so it's it's a vicious cycle. You have to you have to pay attention to this. It's a small thing. No, it's it's not a huge it's not right. a huge problem if if you a- pay attention to it. So absolutely. Back out of it a little bit. Absolutely. Now, when for the people sitting out there and said, "Well, we're talking about eighteen-wheeler turbocharged." No, we're not. If you look out we're there, now, they have three truck, tur- twin turbos on them. They have everything. And when you're pulling, uh, like, uh, let, let's let's stay with the mid-sized diesels with turbos. You're pulling a load. You're going to Flagstaff. You've got a thirty-foot travel trailer behind you, and you've been running this thing for about two hours, uh, pulling the heck out of it, going up those mountains. Uh, when you get ready to cut that engine off, don't just pull it in and shut it down. Let that thing idle for about three minutes in order for the temperature in that uh, turbo to go down before you shut it off. That way it doesn't cook the oil that's inside of the um, turbocharger. And this has been going on forever. And uh, But... Uh, it's it's out of sight, out of mind, and we're so used to just turning it off when you want to. But don't 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 just shut that at hot turbo down. Give it a chance to cool down, and then shut it off. The average cook time on it is about three minutes. Just give it a chance to cool down. That's if you've been running. If you went down to the grocery store a mile and a half from your house and you come back and you're empty, don't worry about it. Go ahead and shut it down. It ain't gonna hurt it. However. You got. You must assume that the exhaust gas temperatures in that turbo, that thing is going to be cooking. Shut it off. Just when you pull in, let it idle for about a minute, two minutes, three minutes, depending on what you think the load was going in, and just let it cool down and then shut her down. 
you're, you, trust me, your turbo is going to last a heck of a lot longer because you're not going to be cooking the oil in there. It's going to be able to do its job. It's the shears and stuff like that. That, I agree with Jim 1,000% on the um, putting the synthetic in them because that 450 that run the numbers out on the right side was pulling 26,000 pounds, and I was running in the speed lane because I had just had a chip developed out of Austin, Texas, and put in it, and it would do it. And But that's when I found out that the Ford product will actually go past the normal operating temperature. I like to have thrown up. I got up the top of the summit, and my wife said, how does it feel to know that you're just cooked the engine? I said, we'll find out in a minute. I've got the best lube on the market in it. I drove that thing back to Tucson, and across the summit, the temperature fell back down to normal. I drove it all the way back into Tucson. I held my breath after I unhooked the load. I took it to the shop. I put it up on a rack. We drained that Amsoil out of there. I didn't have any problems. I didn't have any problems. I sent it in to the laboratory in Phoenix. It's okay for continual use. That's after cooking it. I know it cooked because I cooked it. So... Uh, it sometimes it pays to go with the more expensive stuff to run. I run uh, Amsoil in that 06 Dodge almost exclusively. The guy that bought it from me is still taking it to Simmons and still running the full synthetics in it. And his is based on need. Do you need the Amsoil like Jerry was running, or do you want to go to something else? He said, no, I want the same thing that Simmons had in it because it worked, and this thing works perfect. So... That's the reason you do this stuff. You spend your, as they say, you spend your money, you take your chances. But keep in mind, I don't recommend nothing that I haven't tried. And trust me, I've tried some stuff that don't work. I, I tried an additive one time, an oil additive that I was testing for, uh, PAC, Team Association of Government. And I put that in there and it was excellent stuff. Problem is it eat the seals out of a one piece Cummins camshaft, and I had to pull the camshaft out, which is about eight, uh, eight nine hours, something like that, just to change a four, uh, fourteen dollar seal in the front of the camshaft, because and it had etched it, it had eaten it out. That's one that I would not recommend to anybody, <laughs> and that was fifty five dollars a quart to put that additive in there. So I test the stuff before I ever recommend it. I know about these additives. I know what works, what don't work. Um, and there's a lot of good additives at Merrill's that you can buy across the counter. You don't have to, if you don't use your vehicle like I use mine, And but if you picked up something that you want me to look at, just yell. Because I can tell you right now, Amsoil is still number one. Mobile One runs a close second. Now, of course, you've got uh, Royal Purple. Royal Purple was a division of Amsoil that split off, and the guy went out and created Royal Purple. The difference is the color. And I don't think there's as much additive in the Royal Purple as it is the other, but I don't have any proof of that. However, running a synthetic is better than running a paraffin-based oil. I do know that. And I look at it from the point of boil, the temperature, the way it handles temperature, and the fact that I've tried to melt my 7.3 with a computer chip in it, and it didn't melt. I also had a Dodge Motorhome with a 400 in it, 400 uh, uh, Dodge engine, 
And I went to Yuma and back, and coming back in to Arizona, it started to heat up a little bit on it. I'm going, oh, well, this is all right. And then I got all it, and it, it held. And then I got down to uh, actually city limits of Tucson, Arizona, and that thing started bucking. And I said, okay, it blew up a thermostat, and it locked up the cooling system. So had to call the garage, and they made a road call for me, only because I was sitting on the side of the freeway. Brought me a thermostat out because I'd already figured that out. And they changed the thermostat. I took it in. We put it up on the rack. We drained it out, drained the uh, AMSOIL out. And the surprise about it is out on the freeway, when I reached back in to start the motor that had shut down because of the heat, it actually rotated over and fired right off. So I brought it back in. I pulled the AMSOIL out. I sent it to laboratories in, in uh, Phoenix. Got it back and said, uh, and the wear pattern on it, the, it didn't have as much of the ingredients in it left as my F450 did. So we changed it out, but that motorhome run perfect after that. So protection for the internal components of the engine is super, super critical. If you've got a motorhome and you're running it, if you've got a truck, with a turbo on it, you're running it. If you got a small car with a turbo in it, everybody likes to play with the turbo. Just remember what we're saying. Uh, make sure it's protected. All right, that's all I got to say about the synthetics. It's worth the oh, money. No, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly right, Jerry. When I when when I talk, I I sometimes talk in in the in big truck world, but you're right. Any when I when, when I'm talking about the exhaust gas temperatures. I'm talking about the F-150 mm-hmm. with the EcoBoost, the Subarus, the Hondas, Incredible. the Chevy, yeah. the little the Nissan truck with the with the Cummins diesel, uh, the four the little Chevy truck mm-hmm. with the with the Duramax, a little was a 2.8 liter Duramax mm-hmm. diesel. Anything with that that's got a turbo on it is going to experience high exhaust temperatures at one point or another. And you know you you don't think so. You may not think your, your Subaru will get get up there. But it, it will because driving, that's the way they work. That's how they develop their power. So when the turbocharger is particularly sensitive to oil changes, oil service, and I mean, you could use regular oil, just change a lot more. Just change it more often. But the AMS oil or the Absolutely. It, it just has, adds a lot more thermal protection. And because those those they don't have bearings, they have bushings, brass bushings that land them. Because that's the only way they can make them work. That those things are very sensitive to oil service, and it's really critical. Unless you want to, I mean, do do a turbocharger on a Subaru. It's not like a fun thing. It's hidden. It's way down in the back. It's hard to get to. You know, it's not like an easy easy swap. You know, it's not like you can just go and change it out in 15 minutes. You're talking several hours worth of work. Just to get it out of there. Correct. Um, on Correct. a big truck, on a big truck, you could do it in about forty-five minutes because it's right there in front of you. Yeah. Little cars. Uh, uh, what is it? The I think it's the Impala or the Cruise has got one on it. You know, it's pull the radiator, pull all the fans out, take get the AC compressor out of the way to get so you can get down there to the exhaust manifold. And it's not it's not a fun task mm-hmm. at all. So, again, a little bit of a little well, bit of maintenance on that kind of stuff goes a long ways. 
Absolutely, but the people that have these little cars, it's got the three cylinders with turbos in it, it's got the four cylinders with turbos in it. You are going to get the benefit of better fuel economy if if you maintain it. It's not, a, and you've got to remember, Tucson, Arizona is a severe duty. So when you're reading your owner's manual on recommended service, check. It's got a little caveat on the bottom, a little line that says, except for severe duty states, and then it'll give you a severe duty. What I say, if it's severe duty and you've got an oil change, it's going to be 10,000 miles, do it in five, Okay. Um, you say, oh, oh, my gosh, I'm going to leave money laying on the table. You're going to leave a lot of money laying on the table if you don't. Uh, that, that twin turbo, my wife has one, the twin turbo Echo Boost, and it comes with a 10,000 miles free oil change. And she said, what do you think about this? And I said, call your son who manages Simmons 4 before. And she, I told her what I thought. She called Wade, and he told her the same thing. So now... She pays a place to do the oil change at five thousand. She takes it to Ford and pays uh, and gets her free oil change. So she does hers every five thousand miles. And talking to Brian Fuller, if you don't change your oil in a Echo Boost, you will be spending a lot of money on time and chain repairs at around anywhere from eighty to one hundred and twenty thousand miles. And the ones that will go 120,000 miles is the ones that are running um, with the oil service that's been done at 5,000 miles. Or they keep the oil, well, 5,000 miles, and they seem to last. But up to 100,000 miles is like rolling dice, anything over 100,000 miles on that. So for the people out there looking for used vehicles, if you see an Echo Boost sitting out there... (coughs) It's got about 140,000 miles on it. You need to see the service records on it and see. That'll give you an idea if you've got a chance of this thing lasting or if it's going to go bye-bye. Brian's a little more point blank on that one. He said no. <laughs> I thought, okay. And, uh, but that's coming from a job that runs about $3,500 to have that diamond chain replaced up front. And it is a monster. He sent me a pictures on one that he was doing and what he had to do just to get access to it. It looked like somebody rolled a hand grenade under that hood. And it was just, I'm going, wow. But just all service is the most critical thing you can do on a vehicle as far as keeping the engine running and keeping a reliable machine under your hood. Brake system is the number one safety factor on a vehicle. Don't cheat on a brake system, and don't cheat on oil changes. It's very, very expensive. Not servicing your oil on a regular basis is like giving uh, engine cancer. You don't see the symptoms come up until it's too late. That's the same thing with carbon. Carbon in an engine. That is just like cancer to an engine. It's slow growing. It is there. I don't give a crap what you put in there. It is there. You have to keep it serviced. You go with a engine motor vac cleaning and get all of that stuff cleaned out about every, uh, it's recommended at, uh, uh, 7,500 mile increments. 
Uh, in Arizona, we drive a little more on the freeways. We keep the exo- the system running in closed loop a little longer. And I'm saying, you know, if you do it around twelve thousand, if you if you take it to fifteen or seventeen thousand miles, you're pushing the envelope. Uh, around twelve thousand, depending on your driving habits, in-town driving is worse than driving on the freeway. By the way, and if you'll do that then you stand a chance of this vehicle running. Keep in mind, it's a pretty vehicle, but a pretty vehicle don't cut it when it needs to be dependable. All it is is pretty. You have to separate the pretty from it's a mechanical, computerized machine. It's a piece of equipment, and you have to protect that piece of equipment if you plan on having a dependable, safe vehicle to drive. You got anything you want to add to that, Mr. Frontier Towing? Okay. Parker Automotive. Parker Automotive Service Center, 323-1960-5101 East Speedway. Excellent shop on the midtown, north side, 5101 East Speedway. They've been around. They're locally homeowned and grown. They've been around for about 20 well, he, he's been doing tech, uh, machine uh, mechanical work for probably 35, 40 years. They, they've been there. They've done that. They have all the equipment. They've got the good alignment machines, the high-dollar high alignment machines that can do anything on, with alignments, just like Automotive Specialist has this big machine. Simmons 4 before has these big machines because it's part of the system that we need to actually perform the correct service. Uh, Parker Automotive, Scott, I'm going to have Scott on again and uh, to give him some air time and let him cover some of the stuff that I either omitted covering or forgot about it. Automotive Specialist, Mr. Test First Don't Guess, still screams and hollers about Test First Don't Guess. I am buried. That man's got about three weeks worth of work sitting over there that he's trying to process. He works. He's out in the garage himself now because of the load. And he says, please, please, please test first. Don't guess. Because he's doing a lot of stuff that was sent to other other places. And it was a wrong diagnostics to start with. It, the customer decided, yeah, it just needs this. You put it in and that wasn't it. And first thing you know, you've got a fortune tied up in parts and you still got the problem. So test first, don't guess. That's brought to you by Automotive Specialist, AZ.com, 3611 West Ina Road, Meredith and Ina, in the Bookman's Plaza. So those the shops can flat take care of you. Merrill's Automotive, they've got about 10 places in Tucson, Arizona. Plus, they've got them scattered out around the state. They got, uh, uh, they got them in Sierra Vista. Uh, that's behind the Sierra Suites Hotel for the ones I've been running up down the road. They've got them in Morency. They got them in Globe. Got them in Casa Grande and Green Valley. And any of those places. And if, if you forget where they're at, go to MerlesAuto.com and go to the store locations, and you can find out where they're at in Tucson, Arizona, which is closest to you. They've got them scattered out. They're convenient. But they're also very good at how they handle the parts. 
They'll help you look up a part that you can't find. Um, they did a bunch of work for a buddy of mine that's got a classic car, and he couldn't find the parts, and they actually found the parts for him. So Merrill's Auto, good place to do business. I, I use them. Brian uses them. Parker uses them. And uh, they they got a good line of products. Uh, they had the additives that you can go in. There's a, a pin ray additive out there that's good for diesels and diesel fuel conditioners. They've got Lucas. They've got all the brand names, the good stuff that actually works. When you buy an additive for anything, I don't care what you buy, whether it's Amsoil or whatever you buy, I want you to read the instructions. By all means, read the instructions. You don't need to overdo it because if you overdo it, you're just wasting money. If you underdo it, you're not going to get the cert- what you expect from the product. These things are formulated to work with a certain amount of gallons of fuel, gallons of gas, and you need to follow it. But uh, they do have Penray, which is I've used on the diesel. It works well on the diesel for additive. It's not as good as the 245 uh, Amsoil, but it's also about a third the price. And it's not as condensed as heavy, but it is, it's still, it, it's a good product. And that's better than nothing. The main thing with running fuel additives in the late model cars, it requires a can of gas treatment for every time you do the oil service, um, is don't overdo it, but don't underdo it. And remember that you need all the help you can get to keep the carbon down on the inside of these engines. Remember, if you have a combustion engine, you have carbon. There is no getting away from it. All you have to do is treat it and remember that you have carbon buildup. If you have a direct injected vehicle, which is most of them are now because it's better fuel economy, when you go after the carbon, remember, you can get everything out of the cylinders with a, a can of additive, but you can't get it out from behind a valve or is when it starts to build up the carbon from the combustion area back up behind the valve, you're going to need something injected into the plenum that cuts that. So don't think on a direct injected vehicle that you can use the same cleaner that you're using on a regular port injected system, the ones that actually spray the back of the valves. So keep that in mind when you're doing this. If you have any questions on this stuff, call here, 719-1490. And you'd be surprised what Jim and I can stumble across that'll help you out and save you a lot of money. And keep in mind, you can also, you can Google it. You can Google it. If you don't like what I say, Google it. And for the people out there that still have suspension components that can be lubed with a grease gun, don't forget it. I know most of the the components on the front end now, they're non-lubable. They're going to last forever. No, they don't. So (laughs) they're going to wear out. You're going to have to replace them. That's the reason you have that front-end alignment check, and hopefully the alignment place is paying attention to the loose components that can show you and tell you what's going to happen to them. Um, That's happened to me mainly because it just wore out. But I was looking for the wear out because it didn't have a grease cert on it. If you have a grease cert on drive shafts, by all means, if you've got a CV shaft, and you don't see any lube zerts on it, you haven't looked hard enough because they've got a minimum of two on a CV shaft. One's inside the two U-joints that's probably buried by road debris, 
And that is a CV coupler that keeps that thing rotating with the same clearance. You need to lube that little zerk that's hidden on the inside of the CV joint. Whether the U-joints have a zerk or not, that does have a grease zerk on the inside of that coupler. You have to clean it out and find it. Then you have to have a special little valve that you put on the end of your gun that will reach that thing. If you don't, you're going to be coming by Simmons, and you're going to be saying, holy crap, and we're going to show you where it's at. And then you can service it, and then you can have a U-joint and a CV shaft that will last almost in – if they've got zerts on them, if they've got grease zerts on the U-joints and you keep them lubed, and you lube them at every 6,000 miles. If it's got a grease zert on a U-joint, you just hit it with about one squirt about every 6,000 miles, and that thing's going to last. If you don't, you're going to be coming back in and say, well, I just had these put in two years ago, and, uh, uh, and we open it up, and it's got no lube inside the zert. It's got no lube inside the U-joint itself. And we're going, okay, well, I don't. You know, we can only tell you, but it's up to you to do it unless you bring it in here to have it serviced, and then we will absolutely lube everything that has a grease dirt on it. And But be careful. Try not to blow the seals out. Don't overpack your wheel bearings and blow the seals out of the back because that uh, just opens it up so that the contamination can get in there, and it actually shortens the life of the lube that's in there. So that's my tip. Jim, you got anything you want to add to that? Because we're down to just about the last minutes. Yeah, the if if it's got a grease or grease it, then that that CV joint one is a real bear. <laughs> I've seen plenty that have been put together without any grease, and then they don't last very long at all. Oh yeah. Um, well, they I don't think, think we we mentioned yeah. Lens Auto Lens Auto Brokerage, but uh, go put, go up and see Brian at Lens Lens Auto, Auto Brokerage for the car. Yep, lensalterbrokerage.com, lensalterbrokerage.com, desertrv.com. Lens Alter Brokerage is 2101 North Stone Avenue, 628-7500. He said, if you'll just put the websites out, it's easy to negotiate. So now we have. I think we're just about out of time. I got him in. I think, we him I think we're just out of time. Ah, not a problem. Jerry, have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah, we're out of time now. Same to you, Jim. We'll talk to the rest of you later. God bless. Drive safe. Bye-bye. All right. Have a a great day.